Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Spirit of where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Pirkei Avis Podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. Today's Mishnah, Rabbi Nuchunyi ben Akano Eimer, call him a Kabbalah love old Torah. Anybody who takes upon himself the old Torah, the yoke of Torah, so then, so then it's taken away from him, the old Malchus, the yoke of Malchus of, of kingdom, and the old Derecheretz, and the yoke of Derecheretz, which here we'll understand as, uh, for now, as, as ways of the world. Um, as as Parnassa is having to worry about, uh, about working and making a living. We call a Parag Mimeno old Torah, but anybody who's Porik Menuel Torah, anybody who takes the old of Torah, the yoke of Torah off of himself, knows in a love old Malchus, the old Derech Eretz, then it's placed upon him the old, the yoke of Malchus and the yoke of um, Derech Eretz. The, the Mishnah presents really a great problem because the difficulty with the Mishnah is it sounds like that um, you're, you, if you're Makabal the old Torah, which really, I mean, everybody is makabal the old Torah. Everybody has an obligation to be makabal, to receive upon themselves, to take upon themselves the responsibility of Torah, the yoke of Torah. But if you take upon yourself the yoke of Torah, then like magic happens and you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about the government and you don't have to worry about taxes and you don't have to worry about derecheret, you don't have to worry about parnasa. Halavai, that should be true. No, it just seems, it, it seems a little odd. And the other side of it seems odd also, that if you porek mimeno ol Torah, if you cast off the yoke of, of Torah, casting off the yoke of Torah presumably means that you're not keeping the mitzvahs. Well, if you're not keeping the mitzvahs, you've got a lot bigger problems than just the fact that you have all machs and all derecherts. If you're not keeping mitzvahs, that means that you're going you're gonna to suffer. I mean, your life, is, your, your life is impaired in very different kind of ways. So what does this Mishnah mean? What's the Mishnah trying to, to teach me as far as the old Torah, the yoke of Torah and the yoke of Malchus and the yoke of Derech Eretz? Couldn't it have also just said simply, call him a Kabbalah love Torah? Anybody who, who accepts upon themselves Torah? So then we take away from him the Malchus and Derech Eretz. What's with the old? Why are we throwing all into this? So I think on a very simple level, we have to understand the Mishnah, that it seems that God is making a divine promise that, that really extends favors to people who study Torah. And that if a person, if a person studies Torah, then so then you know, Torah becomes the center of his life and the other worries of the world are not on his shoulders. But, but that, seems, that seems obvious because if you concentrate on Torah and Torah becomes the center fixture of your life, then of course other things are, are defi- by definition going to fall away. And they're going to fall away for a few reasons, not just because of magic, but they're going to fall away because when your whole concern is Torah, what goes on around you is really becomes less important. And, and the, the, you know, the, the, the news and the, and, and the events and things that are taking place around you really become just distractions. There's nothing you could do to change any of them the only thing that it could possibly do is make you daven better. 
and, and make you make you a little bit more careful with some of the things you do in your life. But there's no real reason to know what's going on in the world if you're if you're learning Torah. And and maybe that's what the mission is saying on some level, that if you're if you're Makabal Laval Torah, if you take the yoke of Torah on yourself, so then all other things are gonna fall away because you're gonna you, you, they're gonna be they're gonna become secondary. They're gonna become less important. There's another possibility that the mission is telling us that the reason why they fall away is because when you learn Torah, you learn how to handle other things. When a person, when a person is learning Torah, when a person has the right perspective on things, right? A person understands the way the world works, which is what we get from Torah. It's not merely just the question of how do we hold the Kiddush cup and you know how do, how do you blow Shoifer on uh, on Rosh Hashanah and how do we daven? That's not that's not the extent of Torah. The extent of Torah is really the understanding of the way the world works, of what priorities are of what values are, of what the most important things are. So when a person has their values straight, a person has their priorities straight, so then then things, then you have an ability to be able to be civil, to be able to handle things that are going on in the world, to be able to handle things that are disrupting, things that are that, that are turning the world upside down. When you when you have a seder to your life, when you have an order, you have a certain responsibility, an old Torah, so then the other olos seem to just fall away. Again, because you're, you're, you, have the, you have the perspective and ability to be able to handle things. You could also say that on a, on a simple level, that the Koach Torah protects, that we understand, we didn't make a point, so much of a point of it in yesterday's Mishnah, but we will make a, a point of it when we talk about walking on the road alone, which we're going to see in a later Mishnah, where you're walking on the road and you see a beautiful tree and you see, you see beautiful vistas, of, and a person reacts to them and says, wow, how beautiful that is. So we say the same language of Mishayev Benafsho, because we say that when a person is walking alone, they have a protection. And that protection is, is studying of Torah. And therefore, a person who's makabal um, on himself, the old Torah, so then he is protected from the old Malchus and the old Derech Eretz. Those are the explanations that Chazal give. Those are the explanations that our that our sages give, but I think that there's got to be something much more powerful to this Mishnah because again, that seems obvious to me. That seems obvious that that if you involve yourself in Torah, then and that's your priority in your life. Everything else takes secondary, and that's that that's clear. So let's try to understand what is what's this concept of an all. If we understand what an all is, maybe we can then uncover what the mission is telling us. When we talk about the yoke of Torah, we know that we have an obligation every day to be makabal ol malchus shamayim, to accept the yoke of heaven. And the way that we accept the yoke of heaven is by saying the Shema. Shema Yisrael Shem Lekenu Shem Achad is not merely just a, a mantra, but Shema Yisrael Shem Lekenu Shem Achad is kabolas ol malchus shamayim. It's the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. What does that mean? That means I'm accepting upon myself the responsibility of being one of God's children, of being in God's world, and the responsibility that goes along with, with being dedicated and being committed to God. And that I'm not merely declaring that I believe in God. With that belief comes a responsibility, and I'm accepting upon myself that responsibility. In the paragraph of the Shema, where we accept upon ourselves the old mitzvos, the yoke of mitzvos, what I'm accepting upon myself is the responsibility to keep mitzvos. 
when the Jewish people were standing at the foot of Mount Sinai, and God said to them, would you like the Torah? The Jewish people said, Naseh v'nishma. And Naseh v'nishma wasn't merely just an acceptance of the Torah out of love. It wasn't just an acceptance out of Torah because of a desire to keep the Torah. But Naseh v'nishma was an acceptance of the, the full acceptance of Naseh v'nishma was the acceptance of responsibility. But where did that responsibility come from? When God picked up the mountain and he held it over the heads of the Jews and he said to them that if you take the Torah good and if not, that's going to be a burial place. It's also interesting. What do you mean? If you don't take the Torah, then this is where your burial place is going to be. Why did he say if you don't take the Torah, because what God was saying to the Jewish people, once they said, they were saying, God, we love you. We love the Torah. We want to accept this Torah. God understood, though, that it's not all about want and love. And there are times where you don't feel that motivation out of love. You don't feel that sense of a desire, that sense of attachment and connection to mitzvahs. And therefore, there has to be a sense of responsibility. He held the mountain over their heads. And that mountain over their heads, that added, that completed the entire acceptance of the Torah. The first part, Nasev and Ishma, that was done out of a desire to attach but Kafalayim Harkagig is that mountain being held over their, their heads, knowing that if they, if they don't accept the responsibility, that's going to be the end of Judaism. That's going to be the end of the Jewish people. So then that's, that gave them the full motivation to keep themselves connected to God. That's why God said to them, Shom take for Aschem. Any generation that doesn't feel a sense of responsibility, Shom take for Aschem. It's in that generation that the whole thing is going to collapse. Because that's what a yoke is. A yoke is a sense of feeling, of a sense of responsibility. David Amelach called the Torah Zmiros. He called it songs, and he got into trouble for that. Even though the Torah itself calls itself a shira, but there is a difference between a shira and a zemer. A zemer, a song, is more of, in that context, is more of a song, whereas a shira is from the word shir, a chain, which connects us to God. It's a song that is an outgrowth, an outpouring of what's going on inside of us, whereas a zemer is something more superficial. And he got himself into trouble because even though there is the song of Torah, even though Torah has to be on our lips like a song, at the end of the day, it has to be, we have to feel a sense of responsibility to it. We have a hard time in our world of feeling a sense of responsibility. Achrayas is a very, very difficult concept for us that we have a responsibility. Following through on things that we committed to ourselves is a, is a great difficulty for many people. And the reason why, it's not just because there's like some emotional mechanism that's missing. There is a sense of achrayas, a sense of responsibility that a person doesn't have because we want to feel good. We want to feel good. We want it all to be good, to be happy. And if it's not good and happy, well, then I don't want to continue this. No, that's not the way it works. You made a commitment to something. You stood at the foot of Mount Sinai. You made a commitment to God. You said, Nasev and Ishma. Now you have a responsibility to live that through. And that's the Kofalei Makagigas. That's the mountain being held over our heads. And that's what it means, an ol. An ol is not Torah. An ol is not Malchus. An ol is not Derech Eretz. It couldn't just say those three things because it's not talking about them. It's talking about the responsibility. Everybody has responsibilities in this world. And the truth is, that we have three responsibilities in our world. There are three systems which regulate a person's behavior. There's the system of nature, 
which reg- which requires a person to plant, a person to plow, a person to to reap, a person to live in a physical world. There is a system which is not natural, but it's a product of our choice, of human choice. It's the it's the system that is the system of government, the system of politics, social norms of etiquette. It's man's system for existence in the world. And then there is God's system. There's the system that regulates man's behavior, his actions, in, in a very in a very aligned kind of way, and it's aligned with the laws of the Torah. And ultimately, a person has three spheres, three planes that he lives on. He lives in the physical world. He lives in the world of structure, of secular structure, of physical material structure, and then he lives in the world of God's structure. It's fascinating that if you look at the temple, in the inner chamber of the temple, there were three pieces of furniture. There were actually four, but we're going to look at three of those pieces of furniture. There was, when you walked into the inner chamber, there was on the right-hand side the table of the showbread. That table had miraculous bread that was baked once a week, placed in the table on Shabbos, represented the material blessing of the Jewish people, and that bread was changed out every Shabbos, and when it was changed out, it was baked on Friday, the new bread was put in, the old bread was taken out, and the old bread was piping hot, as if it was just baked. Then we have... On the other side, the, to the left side of the, of, of the room, of that chamber, there was the menorah. The menorah was made of seven branches. The table represented the old malchus. It represented bounty and kingship. It represented, it represented God as king of the world, taking care of his subjects. The menorah, the seven-branched menorah, the number seven is the number of Teva, the number of nature. That's the old Derecheretz. That's the yoke of living in this world. That's the yoke of working, of living, of, of the material benefits of this world. Then, inside the Holy of Holies, where the Ark sat, and inside of the Ark was the Torah, was the Ten Commandments, the original Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote. And in there, that represented the old Torah. These are the three spheres that we live in. We know Adam la'amal yulad. A person was created to work. We're not satisfied just sitting down and doing nothing. We do have innately a certain sense of responsibility. But that sense of responsibility needs to be trained to the right kind of things. When it's trained to the right kind of things, when we are an omel, when we are working and responsible, when we feel that all, that yoke, that responsibility on our shoulders for the right things, so then that takes away our responsibility to the other things. Because when we have the responsibility, we have, we've satisfied that sense of responsibility, so then the other responsibilities in the world become lighter. We, are, we must carry a burden. But the choice is where we place that energy of carrying a burden. You're going to, in your lifetime, be worried about things. You're going to be concerned about things. You're going to be punctilious about things. You're going to be precise about things. And you, we have a choice what we're going to put our energy into. What are we going to put our worry energy into? 
And the temple tells us, sets it up for us on a matrix that we have, that it could be either the old Malchus, it could be in the sphere of politics, in the sphere of kingship, in the sphere of government. We could take up that all, that sense of responsibility in our physical material lives. We can pour ourselves into our jobs. We can pour ourselves into our parnasa. We can pour ourselves into creating a space that's physically comfortable for ourselves. Or we can pour ourselves into the old Torah, into the yoke of Torah. And what Rabbi Nechunya ben Akanya is teaching us in a very beautiful way, that kolam akabala love old Torah, anybody who says, look, I got to schwitz and work, and I got to pour my energy into something, let me pour my energy into Torah. Let me pour my energy into spirituality. Let me pour my energy into things that are the most meaningful. Then ma'avir and mimenu, then he doesn't have that worry that responsibility for Omachas. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have a job as a citizen of the world, that he doesn't have certain responsibilities, but he doesn't feel that pressure because he's satisfied in his energy, he's satisfied in his, in his focus in the, in the Torah and in living that Torah. And that takes up his, his energy. It takes up all of his, all of his mindset. And therefore, he doesn't feel that responsibility of Malchus, and he doesn't feel that responsibility of Derech Eretz. He does what he has to do. He has a parnasa. He worries about his parnasa in the sense that he has to make sure that it's there. But to spend his energy, expending his energy, whether it's going to be perfect this way, that way, a little more, plus, minus, a couple of dollars here and there, that's not where his focus is. You know, we're going to focus on things and we're going to have nervous energy on things and we're going to be relaxed about some things. We're going to be chilled out about some things. So what the mission is telling us is, is that the place that we have to put our energy, that's in the Torah. That's where we have to feel the, feel the all. But in the Malchus and the Derech Eretz, if we tack a feel the responsibility in Torah, then the other things, they just melt away. They're there. And there's sometimes there are problems that arise in those worlds. But they're much more handleable because that's not where we put our worry. There is where we put our chilled out attitude. It's where we put a little bit more of our relaxation in those. But it's not a threat. If you're not taking upon yourself the old Torah, if you cast off the old Torah, it doesn't mean you're not keeping mitzvahs. Shalom, we're not talking to, to people like that in this Mishnah. But your porek mimenu al Torah, you, you take off of your shoulders that sense of responsibility to Torah. So then nosna love all malchus v'ol derecheret. So then you're going to have to, you're going to have to pick it up somewhere. You ever sit at a Shabbos table and all you want to do is just say, say words of Torah? You just want to like talk about the parasha. You want to talk about, talk about things in, in a sort of special kind of way, something a little bit more elevated. And you got somebody at the table that all they want to talk about is they want to talk about politics. All they want to talk about is they want to talk about Trump. They want to talk about Black Lives Matter. And not in a Torah context. They just want to talk about that and they keep talking. That person has, if not permanently, certainly for that moment, been porek mimenu old Torah. And when the old Torah goes, so then you need to be tzahist about something. You, you need to be energetic about something. 
And if it's not going to be in Torah, it's going to end up being in Ol Malchus. So it's going to be that, that sense of responsibility, that sense of, that, that sense of, of, of energy, that sense of connection. It's going to come out in other areas. When the Gemara mentions that Adam la'amul yulad, that a person was created for work, the Gemara said is Ashrei. The Gemara says right there that fortune is the person who pours their energy into Torah. Because at least energy is being poured into something that's meaningful, something that's purposeful. What does a person look like when they have an old Torah? Not when they keep Torah, but they have an old Torah. When a person has that sense of responsibility to Torah, the person feels very precise. A person feels that they need to be precise with the way that they keep mitzvahs, precise with the way they use their time, precise the way we, in the way that they deal with other people, precise in the way that they portray themselves to other people. You know, when you see a person who does something in public and is a person who's a representative of the Torah, but is not portraying the Torah the way it's meant to be. When the Torah says, you have to love the Lord your God, the Gemara says that what that means is that you have to cause God's name to be beloved through your actions. That's called the Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name. When somebody looks at you and says, if that's what it's like to be a Torah, a Torah student, then I want to be like that also. And I want my children to be that way. But if somebody looks at you and says, if that's the way it is to be a Torah, a Torah person, a Torah student, then I don't want to be that way at all. That's called the Chil Hashem. A person who has an old Torah is a person who walks around all the time with this sense of, I am connected to Torah, connected to God, and therefore I need to betray that. I need to portray that in the world. I need to portray that to other people. You know, I walked around in, in California as an obvious Jew. A hat and jacket, wherever I went. You know, you see me in the supermarket. It was always fun when I would walk in the supermarket so people would look at me. You know, a lot of people had, had no idea what I was. But the ones that looked at me the most were usually the ones with blue hair and earrings coming out of every part of their face. You know, I used to love it. I would look at them and I'd say, you're looking at me? Yes. All I'm wearing is a jacket. Look at you. But it was, it was strange to people. But I felt always when I was walking, my tits were out, my hand jacket were on. I was walking. I always felt a sense of responsibility knowing that I'm portraying something, knowing that there is an impression that's being given. It used to drive me nuts. I'm not a particularly good driver. And, and I, often, I often get distracted when I drive. And, you know, whatever, you cut somebody off. You don't even realize what you're doing. I, was, I don't do bekavana, you know, but it happens. I, w- I would always, I would want to pull my yarmulke off my head. So I, I didn't, but I'm saying I would want to, because I, I don't want anybody to look into my, into my window as they pass me and say, oh yeah, sure, the Jewish guy, of course he cut me off. That's what it means to walk around with an old Torah. An old Torah doesn't mean to keep mitzvahs. It means to walk around with a sense of responsibility. To walk around with a sense of responsibility to politics? Stop and think about that for a second. What, what, what does that do? You know, a person who's up on like the latest politics and really into it and, and can argue anybody, anybody and put them down and can, can beat any kind of debate. Shkayach, what do you have? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Awareness is a good thing. Awareness of the world is a good thing. I'm not putting that down. 
But at the end of the day, if that's where you put your energy, reading every article, becoming, knowing everything, if you're not a professional, then what does it do for you? If that's where you put that sense of responsibility, you pour it into that, you're left empty. A person who takes it and pours it into the world, I remember there was a guy in our shul, whenever a plane would go overhead, he was sitting inside the shul, the guy would say, oh, that's an, you know, an, an AF X327 made by Boeing. Like the guy, you knew everything. You could hear from the sound of the engines. You knew everything about planes. You know, that and a, and a buck and a quarter get you on a subway. Like, what, what does that do for a person? Absolutely nothing. But you put that energy into that, and, and in the end, you're left with emptiness. But when you're in yourself, the old Torah, you feel that sense of responsibility and you pour that responsibility into meaningful things, into purposeful things, everything else melts away, melts away in importance, melts away in stress, melts away in, the, in, in, the, in a sense of an old that it's putting, a, it's putting more pressure on you. Because if we allow our pressure to be put into Torah, then our relaxation, our chilled outness, that's going to take place in the other spheres of our life. We're going to have the ability to be able to handle the other crazinesses that go on because our sense of responsibility is fulfilled in the most meaningful way through Torah. And I think that that's what Rabbi Chunya Khan is teaching us. We have a sense of responsibility. Where is that sense of responsibility? I'll tell you just a, one last little thing. You know, it says that there are three ways to tell a person. Kiso, kaso, koso. We'll talk about this in other Mishnayos, but kiso, kaso, koso. It's like a cute thing. Kiso, kaso, koso. What does it mean? It means a person's pocketbook, a person's cup, and a person's anger. A person's pocketbook, a person's cup is the way that a person indulges themselves, the way a person uses their money. What's kaso, a person's anger? It means a person's energy. A person's, a person's excitement. What does a person get excited about? What gets a person going and excited and aroused? What, what does that for a person? So that's what Rabbi Nechunia Khan is saying. What, what should get a person excited, what should get a person motivated is the old Torah, the sense of responsibility to bring Torah into this world and to be a representative of God's Torah in this world.